This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back inside the Braves booth for episode 19. I guess this will be episode one of season two of uh, from the Braves booth as we started yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. So good to be back for season number two alongside Joe Simpson and eventually our producer engineer, Jonathan Chadwick. Ben Ingram here with you. And as Joe and I are bringing you this episode right now, we are sitting in the press box at Cool Today Park in Northport, Florida. We just witnessed the first spring training game of the season for the Braves on the 18th of March, 2022. The Braves just won the ball game over the Twins 3-1. to And all I can say, Joe, is it's just good to be back. I know that this time two weeks ago, we weren't sure when today would actually take place and when that first game would be so good to be off and running again and can't wait for another season you know you and jonathan and i communicated quite a bit uh during the course of the lockout speculating on when we might come back if we might come back all those types of things and running through different scenarios but uh honestly i was so glad that it it, uh ended when it did because uh i i feared that uh, we may not start till sometime in may yeah that's kind of where my my gut feel was so to come back and actually be able to get in a 162 game schedule uh means a lot and we're thrilled about that needless to say i think for anyone in baseball anyone who works in baseball from players all the way down the line to broadcasters we want this thing to go like clockwork i think it fits our personalities we get to february every year we're ready to get going again and it we're just such creatures of habit where when it's not there it just feels so weird it's so out of place especially when there was no plan at the time we didn't know when we'd see spring right. training or when we would see opening day so to get that deal done and know that for the next five years you don't have to worry about any labor disputes or anything like that that's great news because we just want to get back to back to the game back to baseball well you're right uh this is my 31st year doing braves baseball and my 48th i think in professional baseball period And when I say that we have an autopilot that's built into our system, I mean it, just like you were talking about. Uh, When it starts getting close to pitchers and catchers reporting, your body knows, your your brain knows that it's time to go to work and uh, to start doing uh, your preliminary work and for what we do. And um, this year was no different. So the fact that we, I kept false starting yeah. on my autopilot. You know, it was like, okay, when's this actually going to begin? Uh, it's a tough thing. I felt out of place sitting in, in Atlanta in March. Felt totally out of place and getting things going again and, and seeing how quickly things ramped up. And now we're down here and games are going. We have 17 games left, spring training, and then opening day coming up. And an opening day that I'm as excited about as anything I could remember in my life because we get to celebrate everything that happened last year. We'll see the players get their rings. We'll see all the pomp and circumstance that comes with um, uh, being a, a return World Series champion, coming back for that following opening day. And I can't even imagine what that next 
Braves opening day after winning the World Series is like. You've, you've lived that before. Yeah, but it, it's it's really something. I, I was just sitting here thinking today, is this season ever going to end? <laughs> uh, oh, that was an old skip. <laughs> Skipism. He was always cracking me up on the first pitch of spring training, laying that on me. So I had to get that in there. I forgot about it. Uh, no, it'll be a thrill. The fans, I think, will be very excited to get back in the ballpark and honor these guys. Uh, the team won the World Series on the road in Houston. We had the great parades. We had the great celebration in the ballpark, but they weren't playing. Right. You know, they were in uniform, but they weren't playing. Now they'll be playing, and I think our fans will be just as jacked as we will be. We'll be hearing from our fans a little bit later. You can always email us, bravesbooth at gmail.com, and we welcome all your questions. It can be about the game. It can be about anything else. Doesn't matter. Fire away, bravesbooth at gmail.com. And before we get into our listener questions, we have to talk about the changes that took place in the offseason, and the most notable is at first base. And it's as big a change as I've ever seen. I think the, the circumstances surrounding Freddie Freeman and his free agency and him landing in Atlanta, or rather in Los Angeles and the Braves, landing Matt Olson in Atlanta and the trade that took place. It's as fascinating uh, of, a, of a sequence of events as I've ever seen in an offseason. And um, even now it feels bizarre being here at Florida and not seeing Freddie Freeman. I know we're going to love Matt Olson. Cannot wait to see what he has in store. Very talented ball player. But there is a, a stretch of time where you're just used to seeing someone else down there and he's not there. And that's definitely a, a little bit bizarre. I, I thought Ron Washington summed it up best uh, a few days ago in an interview with Jason Stark, national columnist, when Ron was quoted as saying, you know, there's a mourning period. And he was talking to the players about that and saying it's okay to feel, you know, like you've lost something and to grieve over it and to, in a sense, mourn the loss of a guy that's been your teammate for a very long time and the organization's had in the big leagues for 10 years. But we also have work to do, he said. You know, you got to get over it and be ready to play. And that deadline for that is April 7th. You got to make sure that uh, leading into opening day in the season, you're ready to play and put this play and put this behind you. Um, I, I, I kind of look at it like this. Have you ever had a favorite car? You know, a car that you just love. Right. You know, it was comfortable. You know, it smelled like you. It had all of your trash where you put trash. You, <laughs> you know, it was just your car or, you you know, you how often you cleaned it, shined it, all those kinds of things and waxed it. It kept it running. And then all of a sudden, you got a new car. You don't have that same car forever. And you got a new car. And it's like, oh, this is nice. Kind of like this. This uh -huh. is comfortable like it that's kind of that's kind of the freddie freeman to matt olson thing here you know we got a new car and it's a good car and it's bright and shiny and it's a proven uh good car right and i think braves fans are gonna love matt olson and i hope it's not um there there's no grace period that the fans have to go through to welcome him to atlanta and i don't think they're i don't think they will i think they will uh welcome him immediately i hope they do but this guy's a great player so that's kind of the way i'm looking at it i'm gonna miss freddie i'm gonna i know look up and look down at first base and and do a double take like who is that but i'll get over it right and i'll move on and we'll get ready for the start of the season april 7th we see players move on all the time i know that when we see 
Let's take the Giants, for instance, this year. We'll see Jock Peterson. I don't know he wasn't here all that long, but he played a major role for the Braves last year, winning the World Series. We're always going to be nostalgic and have a special place for Jock Peterson or anyone who is on that team. What I'm saying is we see that all the time. Players come and go, and you always remember their time and your team's uniform, and for a lot of players, we look fondly on that time. But we know that players come and go, but at the same time, there's uh, there are some guys like Freddie that you don't expect to ever go. You expect to have them come and stay there and be in your uniform for their entire career, just like Chipper. I think we all envision that for Freddie. I think we all thought that was going yeah. to be the case, and that's the shocking thing is going from not just not having that guy, but that guy being someone that you thought his entire career would be in your uniform, and then he's just not. And then he goes to a team that you have been an out-of-division rival with for the last several years, and it's such a whirlwind. But that's the business side of this, and it is a major part of this game. And I think that's that, to me, is the strangest part about how it's not just seeing Freddie go, but it's the sudden change in your mind where a player that you thought was going to be there his entire career all of a sudden won't be anymore. Yeah, that, that's that's very disappointing. You know, um, I don't think there's any doubt that if Freddie uh, had re-signed with the Braves and played out his career here, his number five goes up there with the retired numbers. Right. I'm not so sure that happens anymore. Um, and not for any spite. It's just that his numbers you know, won't be there with those guys to warrant it. Um, you, you know, think back, uh, and there were different circumstances to everything. Hank Aaron got traded. He was at the end of his career and went back to Milwaukee. That was that was kind of nice for him to go back there and for their fans. Tom Glavin was a free agent. Tom was older than uh, Freddie is right now. He was drawing near the end of his career, but he went on to pitch and pitched several years for the Mets. Uh, John Smoltz pitched in two or three different uniforms after he left Atlanta. His was a large part injury-related. But the the kicker for me, Dale Murphy. Right. Dale Murphy got traded to the Phillies, I think. Was it the Phillies? or the? Yeah, the, and eventually and, the Rockies. And eventually the Rockies. Again, near the end of his career. But those guys all wore different uniforms. They were all welcomed back, back to Atlanta. Uh, at whatever ballpark the team was playing in at the time. Always beloved. And I think Freddie will be that way, too, uh, over a stretch of time when his career is over. And even when even when the Dodgers come to town uh, the end of June, or was it end of June, you end told June, me? June, yeah. Uh, I know the fans will give him a standing O. I know he'll stand there in the batter's box and tip his cap, uh, his helmet. I, I know that'll happen. Uh, but then he's the opponent now after right. that. But add up all those guys I just mentioned. I'm, I'm kind of rambling about them. But whether it was Hank or Glavin or, or Murph or Smoltz or who, pick up anybody else, um, they all left for whatever reasons and came back and the Braves fans still loved them. Well, we'll get a chance to see him again in June. We'll see him on the first road trip of the year. Yeah. And and this is – here's the, the extra element of, of interest to me. This was already a pretty – zesty little rivalry, Braves and Dodgers. I mean, these are the last two World Series champions. Dodgers went through the Braves two years ago. Braves went through the Dodgers last year. And it seems like those two teams, again, would be the favorites in the National League. I know some people would like to throw in the Mets or the Giants or the Brewers or Cubs, but to me, the Dodgers and the Braves right now are the standard in the National League. And for him to jump from one of those teams to the other in the midst of this rivalry, and it is that. I think when you bring up the Dodgers to Brave fans, they 
look at them right now the same way that they'd look at the Mets mm-hmm. or, or the Nationals because yeah. that's just where they are right now in this rivalry, and that's the team you got to go through in order to win a World Series again. So that part is very interesting. If he had gone to the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Rays, those other uh, teams that were mentioned, they're in another league. You might not even see them, and yeah. it's a lot easier to tip the cat, uh, tip the cap, and say goodbye at that point. But when he goes to the team that you've lined up alongside of and viewed as the team you have to take out in order to get to the World Series yourself, man, uh, this, in my opinion, this rivalry just got ratcheted up more. Yeah, it did certainly. And for Braves fans, uh, get ready because Atlanta and the Dodgers, I think, play six games. I think it's six, not seven. If they play six games against each other. Freddie's going to hit a homer. I, I write it down somewhere. Yeah. He's going to homer against the Braves, and everybody's going to go, "Oh, well, that you know, he shouldn't have done. He would he wouldn't do that if he were on our team." You know, that's going to happen. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as Freddie's another great player who had a home run against the Braves, and um, you halfway expect it. Yeah. But when it happens with Freddie Freeman, everybody's going to have a different immediate reaction. There's something else I even more than halfway expect. And, and today's March the 18th. I expect the Braves and the Dodgers to see each other in the postseason again. I think I so, too. I fully expect that. Yeah. We, we, we've, we've become accustomed to seeing that. And for either team to not make the postseason, that'd be a major failure. I think both teams expect to be there. And I think they both know they got to go through one another in order to get to the World Series. And that's going to be something that's out there not just for this year that could be the case for the next two or three years i want to go with matt olson i want to i'm going to flip over there i flip that coin owner go over to the new car he is really a good player 39 homers last year 111 rbis i think it was uh adam duvall had 117 to give you a comparison and led the national league adam duvall hit or excuse me matt olson hit 270 uh-huh. You know, it's not like he was a 210, 220 hitter. Uh, he hit for a high average, had a great on base percentage. He's won two gold gloves at first base in the American League. Uh, talking to Ron Washington before the game today about him defensively, he said, Man, that guy's, that man's got a sweet pair of hands. You just wait and see. A really good set of hands. So defensively, I think. Fans are going to warm up to that right away. Mm-hmm. Freddie was as good as I have ever seen at short hops, at scooping the ball from his infielders and saving saving low throws. I don't know if Matt Olson can do that, but I'm going to assume he can. But even if he can't quite measure up to that, I just know he's won two gold gloves, along with his offense, along with uh, all of the scouting reports that we have and process so far on his off-the-field uh, makeup right. and how awesome it is. And he's an Atlanta guy. He's a born-and-bred Braves fan, Matt Olson. So going to be a lot of pride for him to put on the Braves uniform. And there's going to be, um, especially now that he's gotten this big extension on his contract, there's going to be pressure from within to come in and play well and even if he gets off to a slow start it's not going to make any difference he's still going to be a terrific player i want to ask you a question that some affiliates of ours have asked me on interviews over the last week or so and you can answer this a lot better than i can who becomes the leader on the team how important is that to have a guy like that in the clubhouse who you can rely on as your leader i don't think it has to be one guy i just think uh, there are several guys on this team that uh players have to look up to and uh, when they have a question they can 
go ask them. Um, Adam Duvall is a veteran guy. He's been around long enough to be that guy. Uh, and certainly he's a quiet type leader. He's not a pom-pom guy. Uh, Dansby Swanson is more of the energetic jumping around, jumping out of the dugout on a big hit or home run and um, excitable, I'll say, type guy. But he's also been around. He'll be a free agent at the end of this year. He's been here that long already. It's hard to believe. Um, And he's got a level head on his shoulders, I think, for somebody to go to. Who does Austin Riley go to? That might be your question. You know, Austin leaned on Freddie big time. All of the infielders did. There's a guy at second base that I think anybody would want to migrate to for a question. Right. And and ask. And that's Ozzy Albies. I think he's great in that in that regard, especially for the young Latin players. And Travis Darno certainly fits that category. And I'm talking about position players. Right. I'm talking about guys who can carry that mantle day in and day out, who are everyday players that I think uh, has to be that type leader. Travis Darno fits the bill too. Would you say, would this be fair to say that eventually, two, three years down the road, Matt Olson could be one of those guys? Oh, but, yeah. But do you see that for first year players in any organization very often? He, well, he's not going to do that. Um, it might take, a, I say a couple of weeks, a couple of months, um, and it might be at the All-Star break or whatever where everybody understands who he is and how he leads, whether it's by example or where he goes around pumping everybody up, patting them on the backside, whatever it is. He certainly can be that guy, and I would expect him to be that guy because he's going to be signed here for a long time. I just don't think he has that makeup to come in and say, okay, boys, climb on my back, you know. Right. I'm going to lead you to the promised land. I don't think he's that type of guy, thank goodness. Yeah, well, uh, you've got a, a standard that's been set, in my opinion. So whether you're a returning player from last year's team or you're a brand-new player, there's an expectation here, and you know that coming in. And it's after what you achieved last year, it's nothing short of that. I think they all know that. And I think we'll see a level of competence of them that maybe we haven't even seen yet. And it's always been a confident bunch. But given what they achieved last year, I don't think there's a single guy down there who doesn't think and, and furthermore doesn't expect to do it again here in 2022. I think you're I, I think you're right. I think they all have very high expectations. If you want to look for those uh, those leaders among the pitchers, Charlie Morton, you know, is one of those guys. Uh, he stands head and shoulders out for me, and along with Max Freed. But Charlie's been through all the wars, and he's the guy in a quiet leadership type of way that they all can count on and go to uh, if they need somebody. If something comes up where they're not sure how to handle a certain thing, Charlie would be a guy, a position player or pitcher that I would certainly go to. Yeah, I would too. Well, it's good to see the continuity of the coaching staff. It's a wonderful staff. And showing up at spring training, getting to see all those guys again is wonderful. And just to be back, uh, I know we're, we're very excited. And to follow the team through another season is, is such a privilege, such an honor. And I love that we get to do it on the radio every single night. And that started today. We can slide into some of your questions. Again, our email address is bravesbooth at gmail.com. And we have lots of questions to get to. So we'll try to get as many in as we can. I know that JC is going to join us for our Q&A section of our show. And uh, this is a great one to start off with. I'm going to ask you guys this question. What's the best thing you guys did in the offseason? Joe, you can fire off with the first answer for that one. Well, this offseason was very different for, for Kathy and me in that uh, we moved full-time down to St. Simon, so uh, we were in the, I'll call it a transition of going from uh, a new ball club 
you know, to or an old ball club to a new one. Right. <laughs> but we've had, we had, and it's, it's still ongoing in terms of uh, how you handle a move, and people who have lived in one place for a long time can certainly relate to it. Uh, but our off season was spent and ha- is still ongoing, as I said, spent uh, making that adjustment to moving to a new spot, even though uh, we've been in the house for a long time, still got a lot of a lot of work to do. There's no doubt JC had the most exciting off Yeah, he did. I did. I would say that after that awesome postseason run, it was nice to get some rest and just chill out. But uh, if my wife is listening, I will say I got married in the offseason, and that was wonderful. Got himself a wife. If, if my wife is listening, <laughs> how about that? You know, I told both of you guys. I do in 22. There's got to be some I do's in 22. We got half of got it one done. Down. We, got, we got one done. Like JC well, said, I might know, have to say I agree in 23. There you we'll go. See. <laughs> well, what about great. you, Beth? You got a ring, and she got a ring. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Well, and, you? and she did She did tell me before we got engaged. It was a short engagement, but she said, I better get a ring before you do. <laughs> uh, best thing I did this offseason, I had a, a ski trip with a bunch of friends to Aspen. I love snow skiing and uh, mixing in a ski trip is always great. So mine seems very minuscule compared to moving to a new house and getting a wife. Yeah, but you know what? But it's not bad. What about for you guys? Uh, you guys have traveled the world together with people, without other people, but the two of you have been all over the world, and this is the first time in ages you guys didn't go somewhere yeah. out of the country. Yeah. I, I think we'll get back to it. I think with everything that took place, oh, look, it was a busy off season because – we, we certainly thought we had less time than we normally would. Not a complaint by any means. Um, JC got married, and then we had COVID the year before, so it's kind of been hard to line up international travel. But yeah. I, I got a feeling that's coming back pretty soon. I got Good. a bunch of places on the list I want to get to. Well, you got a question jumping out at you, JC? Yeah, this comes from Dave. He'd like to know what will be the lasting memory all of you take from winning the World Series. Ooh. Man, so many come to mind. Um I think I'm ready. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I I still uh, get goosebumps, and I still just can't believe how far Jorge Soler hit that ball. Yeah. That at bat, there was no question that he came up to hit a home run in that at bat. And he did eventually and swung hard and hit it so far that just lit lit me up. It's like I can't believe he did exactly what he was trying to do. Now, that was the excitement and the moment that I'll never forget in the World Series uh, in terms of on the field. The the 1B for me would be you guys and the excitement I saw from both of you and how, how much it meant to both of you, as it certainly did to me, but how thrilled you two were knowing what a rare achievement this was. And then I was also fortunate that I didn't have to have uh, disc surgery after Jake had <laughs> jumped on me when I didn't know he was going to do that. But well, that, was, uh, that was okay. For, for the record, I've, I've apologized publicly. I'll do it again. I uh, took a lot of grief this offseason from <laughs> was bringing you down. Uh, so again, I'm sorry about that. I would say for me, the lasting memory after it was said and done and they won, a few things I won't forget. Number one, the three of us, after Joe did all the interviews in the dugout, the three of us going down the field, having the opportunity together to have our picture made, holding the trophy. Uh, I have that framed in my house. I look at it 15 times a day, and I still can't believe it. Uh, It's something I I, I treasure and I will forever. Uh, 
I've said this to Ben a million times, and I've probably said it to you as well since the end of the season. Something I'll never, ever forget is when we left Minute Maid Park to go back to the team hotel for the get-together, that bus ride back to the hotel was absolutely amazing. And it's something I'll never forget, then obviously the parade. Yeah, the parade was great. Um, going from the bus, like JC mentioned, going from the bus to the the ballroom where we had the championship championship celebration, there are fans everywhere. And just seeing all the people celebrating how much it meant to everybody, I think that's what stands out to me as far as off-the-field events go. Just that whole... Um, that whole walk from the bus up to the room where we were celebrating was just like a dream, seeing so many people in that hotel. Um, I'll never forget our crowds at home for games three, four, and five. Oh, man. And just electric, absolutely electric stuff. It was such a, uh, it was such a fever pitch. I mean, everybody had to be involved. It's all anyone was talking about. Everyone was coming down. If you couldn't get into the stadium, you're going out to the battery. I don't know anyone, and I know I know lots of people who don't even pay attention to baseball. It's all anybody was talking about. We were the talk of the town, the region, all that. Wouldn't you like to know how many people were outside the ballpark? Mm-hmm. For three, four, and especially for game five? Yeah. Wouldn't you like to know what the approximation? Well, I can tell you. Uh, I know you stayed in the battery during the World Series, yeah. and I can tell you this. If the Braves were fortunate enough to make it to another World Series, I'll do what I can to be able to do the same because I live six, seven miles from the stadium, and multiple times during games three, four, and five, it took me over two hours to get home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, there, I mean, there had to be – I don't know what to guess. I mean, well over 100,000, 100, maybe yeah. 200,000 people that were lining – packed in the streets watching the game on those uh, big screen TVs that the Braves had set up in the streets. Uh, It it was phenomenal. Never seen anything like it. Just crazy. I don't even think I could have imagined or envisioned what that was going to be like. And it was was more than I ever thought. And um, just the whole ride was the most fun I've ever had. And I just want to do it again. I just want to do it one more time. I mean, obviously, you'll take it every single year. But I, it was just that much fun where all I could think of was like, man, I want to do this again so bad. Yeah, right. Just the best. Uh, this is from Ashley. Is it weird seeing each other for the first time after the off season? If so, what's weird? Um, I don't think it's weird, Ashley, because it, it wasn't that long. But like I said earlier, we, we've been in constant contact. Uh, any updates that we might see or hear about from player movement or from uh, the lockout and the agreement that was being negotiated. Anytime we saw something good, we'd forward it to each other. So while uh, we may not see each other's eyeballs, we were we felt like we were side by side after the long season we had had. So I didn't think it was weird today, and I think we uh, hopefully uh, just went right back into it like always it's excitement for me i mean when i woke up this morning knowing that the three of us were going to be hanging out together i was really really excited and um you know we might see each other one-on-one or so a time or two in the off season but all three of us getting to be together being at the ballpark i've said it before i feel like when we're together doing our thing it feels like i'm with two brothers it just does it just it just picks up like that and that's fun and not every not everybody that does this 
has that around them and it's just so wonderful to have that kind of chemistry and enjoy each other's company that much and throw all that into a major league baseball season traveling the country and following a major league baseball team is the best I think for me, this was probably the first offseason I went as long as I did without seeing you, Ben. I don't, yeah. I, from, from the parade day, November 5th, I don't think I saw you till towards the end of January. Yeah. I saw Joe at my wedding. Uh, is it weird? No, of course not. We pick right up where we left off. Um, it was a little weird for me today. We're recording this after the Braves just beat the Twins in game one of the 2022 sp- uh, spring slate. But I got a little anxious early in the broadcast today and Joe had to remind me in like the second inning to stop coming up here. <laughs> Get out of here. He yeah. said your seat's back there. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, uh, I like this one. Um, Matt Olson looks good getting off the bus. Is he as country strong as he looks on TV from Bill? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, he's put together. I saw him take BP the first day he was here, and he was, if you've been to Cool Today Park, you're familiar with the Truist Pavilion in right center field, and he was putting balls almost over that thing. So I'm going to say he's a he's a country strong. Yeah, well, and you're going to see the DH now in the National League, and this team's going to hit some bombs, man. Yeah. I mean, they got some mashers. Um, speaking of that, I we talked about it a little bit during the game, Ben, but uh, you were the one that told me today that the Padres and Braves were talking to Jorge Soler. And we always like talking about rumors and especially players we liked and how they contributed to the Braves in the postseason last year. But uh, that would be an interesting scenario um, to have Jorge back playing right field. Yeah. I I don't – you know, especially uh, in the absence of uh, Acuna until he's ready to go. And with the DH, you could massage the outfield with players so that Ozuna's DHing primarily and rotate the other guys. But that fascinates me is how that might work if they if the Braves can afford him. Yeah, because you you're going to have a need in, in right field to start the season. Ronald might be a month. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you brought him back, and you made a, a really good point. All we heard coming in on Jorge was that he wasn't going to be much of anything defensively. I, I thought he was pretty good. It was better than advertised. Darn good, yeah. So you could throw him in right. You could DH Ozuna, and that could be the outfield and DH combination that you roll with until until Acuna is ready. And then once Acuna is ready, then you evaluate what you have and, and go from there. I know that you could say that having Soler and Ozuna is a bit conflicting because they, they, they're very similar. I get that. But... Um, I don't know. I, I, look, having more good players isn't a problem to me. No, more bats. More bats. Thank you. This question comes from Jeff. He'd like to know who are you most looking forward to seeing in camp this spring? Um, any player? Not any, just, player. Okay. any player. Okay. Uh, I, I think Matt Olson has to be at the top of that list. Me too. Because we just haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mentioned this to Jay Chad the other day. The only thing, because I didn't know, I knew the name Matt Olson. But prior to this trade, if he had walked in the room, I wouldn't have recognized him. We don't see him. Right. Uh, he's out there in Oakland. What I did remember, and, and you'll probably remember this, Joe, we saw him in 2017. He was the player who broke up Fulte's no-hitter in the ninth inning against the Braves. He had a no-hitter going into the ninth. Matt Olson led off the inning with a home run. I want to say it was the first pitch of the inning. Might have been. And uh, broke it up. That's really all I remembered about Matt Olson. But the more I started uh, researching his numbers and things like that, I knew he was a good player, but I just kept looking at him over and over and over again with his numbers and kept thinking, this guy's top 
four or five first basemen in the game right now. You, you might go uh, Freddie and Vlad Guerrero, and then that next tier, uh, there's Matt Olson, who is getting better and better. His numbers have gotten better and better every single year. He'll be 28 this weekend, maybe tomorrow, actually. 28. Yeah, you're right. The 28th or 9th, I think. Yeah, okay. So he's about to have a birthday. So he's really, I mean, prime of his career. Yeah. So while I'm excited about all these other players and how good they are, he's the only guy that I really haven't seen consistently. So I think that's my answer is Matt Olson. My answer is uh, Kyle Wright. Uh, I'd like to see him finally solidify himself uh, and build on what he did last year in the World Series, and I hope he can do it. I think uh, those are two very good answers. I agree with Ben. Matt Olson certainly draws everybody's attention. But uh, I was excited and pleased that in the deal for Matt Olson, Kyle Wright wasn't included. Right. There might have been some other times, even last summer, where we might have all said, yeah, throw Kyle Wright in there. You know, everybody needs a starting pitcher. Well, I'm glad they didn't. And after what he did in the postseason, I'm, I'm with Jay Chad. I'm anxious to see what he can do. All right, here's another really good question. This is from Cam. Cam says, hey, guys, almost that time, after calling multiple divisional clinchers, postseason wins, historic home runs, and, of course, a world championship, what is a baseball occurrence that remains on your broadcast bucket list? Take care. Go Braves. That's from Cam. That is a terrific question. I'll go Mm. first. All right. Back-to-back World Series. (laughs) That's a good one. With, With this one coming at home. Right. Yeah. Tough to beat that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't have anything other than that. It's It was uh, a real pinnacle last year for all of us to be able to see the Braves do that again and um, and the way they did it. It was, it was phenomenal. I, I guess if I had to throw one thing in there, I mean, who wouldn't want to be part of watching a perfect game um, or even a no-hitter for that matter? I mean, I've, I got to call a no-hitter in the minor leagues. Caught a couple of them. One was... I could buy no hitter, but one no hitter where one pitcher threw it. So I've seen that at the minor league level, but it's, and that's fun. I mean, that's a rush to be calling a, a no hitter or perfect game, obviously. But I mean, a perfect game's happened, what, 30 times in the history of the game. So that'd be fun to be a part of. But I don't think you're going to top JC's answer with back to back World Series championships. Uh, there was one up here that um, I was going to ask also. This was from Art. Are you guys ready to see the TV guys, or has the break been really nice to not have to see or talk to Chip? <laughs> <laughs> That's from Art. Uh, I'll, I'll answer first. Uh, are we ready to see them? No. Has the break been nice? Hell yes. <laughs> uh, are we? Let's see. Are nice not having to see or talk to Chip? No. No. That's not nice. We we like Chip. We love Chip. Um, obviously, Art doesn't feel that way for some reason but uh no the tv guys i think will be down here the 24th 23rd i believe 23rd um to do their first game they're doing they're hard at work doing a lot of stuff prep work for a preseason show and um even for a pre-spring training show led by of course by gretchen caney who works her tail off and does such a great job producing so no it'll be good to see the it, i tell you what's not it'll be nice it'll be nice to have the tv guys on the road again 
you know, we were lucky to travel a little bit. Uh, what was it? The second half of last season? It was right. August. Roughly. Yeah. Was it that late? Yeah. It was the, it, it the was series of St. Louis. Early, early August. But yeah, I mean, this is yeah. actually half the season. Yeah. So it was great for us to be back on the road. And after two years of not being on the road for TV, I know they'll be chomping at the bit. So it'll be fun to watch how they react. All right, and, and to see how many guys on the on the plane actually know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Who are these guys? You know, they haven't been on a plane in a few years. Yeah. Hey, fellas, since the Braves won it all the same year you guys started this podcast, are you allowed to stop? No. We have to keep the podcast going as long as they're winning the World Series. It says, I think this podcast is what really made the difference and put us over the edge last season. Also, I've got to know, uh, I've got to know if Jay Chad has something planned for the game on the 21st against Boston. As we all know, a certain pin thief has been walking a free man for the last Ooh. year. Personally, I believe justice has to be served. Thanks uh, for uh, the amazing work. Listen to the Braves radio in summer really brings uh, really brings back um spending time to with my grandparents i don't know how y'all do it but it's amazing and i appreciate your work that's from hunter so ominous that's a very ominous prediction right there to, to, to reset what he's saying last year there's a public address announcer at the red sox facility who stole jay chad's pin and he is not happy about it he's remained upset about it for a year and we need to know if you have a plan to go and retrieve the pin this year from the thief that's the 21st so what is that is that tuesday monday it's three days from now yeah Yeah. i would just tell you uh hunter stay tuned all right well see i won't be here and i'm glad because i don't want to be like aiding and abetting a a felon uh when jay chad you know here's here's a suggestion to you okay and then if they come and question me i'll just say i don't know i just threw it out there i can't believe he did it um i don't care what pen this dude is using it's coming home with you gotta me. steal something you gotta go get it it's coming home with me. yeah <laughs> and then and, and have your phone out and videotape him you know shuffling papers moving everything around trying to figure out where'd my pen go you got to have that i, I have an idea i can work as a distraction i mean it makes plenty of sense i go in i start asking about pronunciations for certain guys and i'll distract him you have to go behind him and get it that's plan a or plan b we can really go over the top and, and do a mission impossible style lowering you from the ceiling where you, <laughs> where you swipe it and we yank it right back up into the ceiling or plan c i confront him that actually maybe could be shuffled to plan a Stay tuned, Hunter. Um, From Sam from Canada. He's excited for another year. Hey, guys, great to have you back. Here's my question. What are each of you most looking forward to this season? For me, it's watching Austin Riley hopefully continue to develop into the top third baseman in the league. What what excites you? I'm going to put some words in Sam's mouth here, but – what excites you about the coming season from an individual player standpoint for the Braves? Um, I'll start with Max Freed. Um, I think he can be one of the best pitchers in the National League. I think he could be a Cy Young candidate. And so long as he's healthy throughout an entire season, I'm very excited to see what that would look like for him because I think he's that good. And he's at the point of his career where – he can go out there and put up the best seasons of his entire career here in 22, 23, 24. So I just hope that he's healthy and feels good because I think he can really be – I think he can turn into a really special season. I'm excited to see that. 
I would say, I mean, the easy answer for me is watching Ozzy get better and better and better and better every single season. I love watching Ozzy play baseball, but I think the obvious answer is seeing what happens once Ronald comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good one too. Um, what about our bullpen? You know, it got better in the offseason despite uh, losing a couple of guys. To me, the bullpen down the stretch of the postseason was as huge a turnaround as any part of the team. They were so good. Um, I, I don't even, I don't want to single out Tyler Matzik as the difference maker. He's the guy, that, though, that stood out the most because of his exploits, especially against the Dodgers. But he was so lights out. Mm-hmm. He was just so amazing. And, you know, Will Smith was also lights out. He finished, he closed it all, shut it down. Um, everybody, Luke, uh, I don't care, uh, A.J. Minter, Right. Where did he summon what he was doing? This bullpen was so good at the end of the year. I want to see if they can do it again because, um, they, like I said, it's even better than it was. They've added some people. Yeah, you had Yates, McHugh, yeah. and Thornburg yeah. in there. And, um, man, if those guys can be as good as they were last year and then you add those three to the mix, man, that could be – that could be something special. That would be really something good. Yeah, it would. So a lot to look forward to because looking forward to 2022, selfishly, we're thrilled for the ring ceremony, for opening day, for a year as the reigning world champions. That'll be so much fun. But at the same time, this wasn't a team that won it last year and then you had to rebuild the following year with a bunch of new players. You're going to be really good. You should be really good this year. So long as you're healthy, you should be really, really good. I would think you would go into this season assuming you're healthy, and that's the biggest assumption, say that you should win more games than you won last year. Uh, it's going to be a tough oh, division, yeah. as it always is. But, man, th- this team could be really good in 2022, and uh, the expectations are very high. I'll tell you how good they are and how good people expect them to be. Look what the Mets and the Phillies have done in particular, the money they've spent for players and what they feel like they need to overtake the Braves. Right. I mean, those two teams, and the Phillies aren't done, apparently. They've got to have better players, better pitchers, everything, if we're going to run down the Braves. That, to me, is a direct reflection on what they think of Atlanta. I mean, they're going to give Max Scherzer $43 million a year for three years mm-hmm. at age 38. Uh, 37, 38, and, and of course they add Starling Marte. They, that's some really good additions. It's yeah. going to be a great division. But I, I don't know anyone who looks at what these teams have done and wouldn't look at the Braves and still say, yeah, that's still the team to beat, even with losing Freddie Freeman. That's quite the statement right there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Very excited and excited to have another season of the podcast, and, and this time a full season of the podcast. I don't think we started about halfway through the season I, I last think, year. I think that's right. Now, Jonathan, you said you were gonna, you had a question you were going to ask, but you didn't want to tell me. That's right. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure what that was. So I, I'm waiting to hear. So we got one more. Yeah, let me find that here. Um, came from Samuel in Kennesaw. He said, "Love the radio crew so much. Love seeing Joe's personality really shine on the radio." My question is regarding the World Series parade and Joe's rather raucous behavior. <laughs> As fans, we love seeing Joe lead the crowd, and we are those. 
you can finish the sentence, chance. But my question is whether he ever got into any sort of, <laughs> whether he got any sort of talking to from the Braves about his behavior. <laughs> you get sent to the principal's office? Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's that from? Samuel and Kennesaw. Sam, no, I got, no, the, they asked me to do it, and I did it the best way I knew how uh, to try to get everybody fired up. And, uh, no, I didn't hear anything negative of not one word from anybody with the Braves. I did hear secondhand that the commissioner wasn't that happy, but, eh, so what? I don't think we're worried about how he feels about anything. No. So I thought you did an awesome job. I thought the whole thing was just incredible. Well, thank you. We had a great time. I had a great time doing it. It was such a wonderful day. That parade was, um, like we said, never something we'll never forget. And how many of you fans turned out for that on that that run was uh, no no doubt a big highlight. It was. Well, big highlight for me is that we've already played the first spring training game of the year, and we just had our first podcast. I'd say we're back. Yep. Basically back. We'll be back with rings here in about a month. Uh, looking forward to that. I know that they're going to have the um, – replica ring giveaway that opening homestand on the 11th i think monday april 11th okay so everybody will have their opportunity to come and get their ring from last year so fired up to be back we do have baseball back another season in front of us and very high expectations and we're going to be with you the entire way on the air every night and on our podcast uh weekly as we continue through 2022 so thanks as always for tuning in and uh you can tune in and like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast would love for you to do that you can always email us it's never too early to email us we can always uh we look at your emails throughout the week and kind of comb through those and decide what we're going to use for the following episode and you can do that at bravesbooth at gmail.com bravesbooth at gmail.com that'll wrap things up for us for joe for jay chad i'm ben and you have been inside the braves booth